hosts, volunteers, family, friends, and community as a whole. We hear you. We're here for you. We stand firm and unwavering when we say, Black Lives Matter. Welcome to the Shoot the Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn, listen supported radio. We're here with uh, co-host Scott Raven. Welcome, Scott. Welcome. Thank you, VJ. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. Good. To go, doing well. Doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, good day out. Very almost like spring day out. It feels like spring is, nice is nearly sprung. Yeah. yeah, I got my beet juice as well. <laughs> I don't know. You <laughs> Can't know? beat that, right? Can't beat the beet, and I'm wearing a red. Uh, Police too, so I don't know what that that's all about. Um, <laughs> good, yeah. Good. So you were just in Maryland, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I just went to visit my sister and uh, hang out uh, with family, stuff like that. Yeah, great, good, good. So, uh, so I'm back in the studio, and now we're here with Amber Lewis, who is a singer, songwriter, painter, and rising social worker living in Brooklyn. She's a poet at heart, influenced by the work of Joni Mitchell, Nina Simone, and Mitski. Uh, she uses the song as a form of intimate storytelling. Amber has been performing since she was a child and has appeared in Rockwell Music Hall, The Bowery Electric, City Winery, The Bitter End, and Symphony Space. She enjoys walking through um, in a long prospect park, practicing guitar in bed and piano at the window, reading and tending to her in- indoor garden. Welcome, Amber. Hi. Nice to be here. All right. Uh, good, good. So uh, why do we start the conversation off talking a little bit of performance? You know, it's interesting since you performing since you since you were a child. So yeah, and like how has performance uh, been like part of your life? And and tell us a little bit about what kind of themes you you as as has the themes of your music has evolved over the years. You know, yeah. okay, yeah, I could definitely talk about that. So I've been performing since I was a little kid. Um, when I was like. Well, I've been singing a lot and I used to sing like in class and stuff to myself. And like my third grade teacher was like, Amber needs to stop talking to herself in class. And my mom was like, she's singing. (laughs) I've always been singing. Um, But when I was like 12, my mom found a flyer for um, something called the Justin Beach Fund, which is a local uh, music organization that tries to promote uh, performance among like teens and adolescents and children back where I'm from in Westchester. And I started off doing that. Um, I guess themes were always, I was like really emo and sad. So it was always about like how I was feeling and kind of evolved to become a lot about relationships, but not like necessarily in a romantic way i'm just like very intrigued by the way that people relate to each other and the ways in which relationships for like it's like it's like it's its own little thing you know it's that dynamic um it's a lot of fun for me and i you know i do social work so i'm like very interested in the ways in which people interact with each other and converse and all that stuff yeah um so i guess that's a theme in my work you know just like people chatting and also i'm obsessed with like space and environments i like to paint a lot of like my room and like views from my window and stuff like that and i like to incorporate that into the songs themselves because i like visuals in song if that makes sense um and i think that my music's pretty visual in its own way because i like to talk about my environments um, so I guess those are some themes. I'm like trying to make sure I'm still on topic with the question. <laughs> yeah, environments <laughs> oh, and themes. No, you. Yeah, that's. There's good, so much uh, already to that. Yeah, which I'm. I'm trying to think. Relationship writing of uh, songs about relationships 
will you take on two voices you know will mm-hmm. will you take on maybe two perspectives on a song mm-hmm. or will there be uh coming kind of your your own voice through it that's a totally cool question it's it's always me because i don't like to put words in other people's mouths you know i can mm-hmm. never really know how other people are feeling um but a lot of my songs are like it's like a it's like a letter to a person in a lot mm-hmm. of cases um, or just like a diary entry. Like I journal a lot, although not as much lately because I've been super busy. That's a good reminder. I should get back to that. But yeah, it's like it's like an entry or or a letter. Right. Uh, and then speaking a little bit on environments, what what are some of the favorite environments to create in when you're um, when you're writing or, or painting? Where, where do you like to do that stuff? Oh, it's like almost always in my bedroom. I mean, right now I live in a studio, so like my bedroom's my whole apartment, oh, but yeah. space, right. <laughs> um, it's always been like in my bedroom, in bed, you know, like usually just me noodling around on the guitar and then like words come out. Um, or sometimes, especially with like piano pieces, stuff without words, it, I like hear it in my head when I'm walking around and stuff like that. And then I write it down. Yeah, I definitely think that the... Um you kind of experiencing one's emotions is very important for children. I think especially, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to see what they're, what they're experiencing and be able to put it to, and you were able to put like little tunes to like, so these are all original songs. You would come up with little lyrics about your um, emotions around the relationships you had with, and, and who, with your parents or with your uh, teachers or what were, what were examples of some. Oh, when I was a kid? When you were a kid, yeah. Um, hmm. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. I think it was often about like peers. I guess. Peers, yeah. 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 Um, and like, because I was, yeah. I, I guess when I was a kid, I didn't exactly fit in with the others in my neighborhood. I grew up. Mm. I'm black. You probably don't know that by just listening to my yeah. voice, but I am. Um, and I grew up in a neighborhood that was like predominantly white, and I often felt like othered. Yeah. So I was very interested in that dynamic of like being an other mm. in in this space and like how I was viewed and the ways in which people perceived me, you know? Yeah. 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 And now you have, you have a EP coming out, I think uh, a new album coming out, right? Or yeah. a new album coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit how you constructed that and how, like putting it all together, you know, how, how it was different from uh, producing that as opposed to singles or whatever and, and, and kind of individual songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this album is like the product of, I'd say like seven years of songs. Like mm. I started like I guess the oldest one um, is Lose You. I wrote that back in 2016, like early in 2016. And um, yeah, I guess the process around making this album has just kind of been like um, making this, like writing down what it's been like to have like relative independence and to move away from home and to start to form my own life kind of, you know, because when you're living at home, you have your own life, but it's like kind of dictated by those who share your space with you and your parents and your siblings. I have one sister. Um, I love my family, but yeah, it was cool to be able to, to start to think about life on my own in that own way and the ways in which those relationships change when you're on your own in your own way. Yeah. I love it. Um, (laughs) So getting back to, so you're in your, your studio, you're creating, you, you mentioned you have a garden as well. I do. Uh, um, can you tell a little highlights from, from that and what, how that feeds the, 
the the creative process. You talk a little bit about relationships. I, I named all my plants uh, as well, yeah. and and just just to have life around sometimes mm-hmm. uh, can be stimulating for for creativity or just breathing too. But speak a little bit about the garden you have. My garden, yes, I'd love to talk about my garden. I even I I write about my garden too. Oh, nice. My relationship with my plants, you know, that's kind of like weird, but I think they're living creatures, you know, and you interact with your garden in 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 your own way. I have. A money tree that I've had for about three years, and it's like really big at this point. I live on the ground floor, so and I don't get natural light. So at this at this juncture, it's all like grow lights, um, and somehow it's working. Nice. So I have like this pretty big money tree, and I have a little rose um, that gives that gives me actual red roses like every now and then. Um, it's been wintering, but it the the leaves started coming back. So thankfully, it's gonna. I think I'm gonna get a rose sometime soon. I think I I'm on the on the lookout for little buds and I have a fern and I have a purple plant that I don't remember its name. I mean, I have an aloe and I have a bamboo that I kind of neglected. Um, I rescued that bamboo from somebody else's apartment uh-huh. and um, I tried to take good care of it, but it, it didn't work out. A plant rescue. That's, no. uh, that's fun. Yeah. So now do you, you I assume you, you play sometimes to an audience of just the plants. Oh, yes. Uh, And and I remember doing science experiments in like, what was it, middle school, high school, the effect of music on on plants. Um, Do you feel there's any relation to to that uh, in addition to water? I would really hope so. Because like my piano is right next to my plants. And I think that playing the piano and singing might help them grow you know i'm like convinced that it might help them grow because somehow they're thriving even though they have, they have no natural light um on the other hand my cat i got a cat uh, recently yes. right i don't i don't know if she likes you know when I, I thought she was gonna like singing you know it was in her listing that she loves to be sung to and everything like that but she kind of has a tendency to 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 hide herself from me she likes to <laughs> to sit in the little spot next to the radiator and stare at me <laughs> yeah. her name's chloe she came with that name oh nice Nice, nice. So I really appreciate um, also the discussion about gardens, and I know Sky has a whole book on plantemic and uh, Uh, plants, Forest Hills plantemic, plantemic, and uh, and I I like to think of it also in terms of I like think gardens in terms of interior gardens, like cultivating one's virtues. I think Voltaire was like the tend to one's garden in terms as also in terms of cultivating the right um, emotional, cultivating the right emotional. like cultivate the right emotional garden, if you will. Mm-hmm. Framework. Um, you know, planting the seeds in the mental continuum of mental garden. Mm-hmm. But uh, also I'm pulling up a little bit from your website. Uh, you have something on Balcony. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Balconaki. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Tell so us I- a bit about that. Watercolor on paint, on paper, audio recordings uh, as well, or the original piano. So tell us a bit of how that, that came to be. That was a fun mm-hmm. project. So I actually did that um, in undergrad, uh, I went to Columbia for two years, NYU for two years, but uh, yeah. my second two years, my last two years, were at Columbia, and I was on this program over the summer in Greece that we put together. It was like a curatorial program, five weeks, um, and we put together an artist exhibition, and we had to make all the pieces ourselves. It was like kind of chaotic, yeah. but a lot of fun, um, and I made this little project that I was. It comprised of, I think, like five little paintings that I made of balconies because mm. um, I was like really obsessed with it. There's like a whole, there's like a whole life of 
balconies and people living on their balconies and they're like you know they hang their laundry to dry they they wave to their neighbors you know they exist in this space this little tiny space on the outside of their of their apartment and it 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 kind of felt like a second level of the street you know mm. um so i was really interested in the balconies and um i used to hear like little sound bites and music coming from from the windows and stuff like that so i kind of sampled a f it was like found sounds i sampled a few sounds and i made this little piano piece that went along with the paintings of the balconies so that you could mm. listen to the music while you looked at the little paintings yes, oh, wow nice. And then there was that viral video and uh, during the COVID of uh, people singing from their balconies during oh, the quarantine. True. Yeah. So that, was, that just reminds me of that and how how uh, the connected, you know, when you have balconies, how connected you are to the community and how it can be something that we all kind of see at someone's true. balcony. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your outside room house. Yeah, outside of the house. Yeah. And then I think Romeo Juliet. Yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Is that where the, the rose speech happens to? It's, uh, I don't oh think God, a I rose by any the name should still smell as sweet, but then parting is such sweet sorrow does but um that'd be fun and then new orleans uh balconies i tend to think mardi gras as mm -hmm. well um that's kind of fun you uh have you painted outside at all i used to um my grandmother's a painter and uh oh. i used to paint with her she, i like took little lessons she doesn't do watercolor she does oil and acrylic um so and i do mostly watercolor but we used to every now and then when I was like in college and in high school and it would come back, we would go and paint en plein air is what you call it, like outside mm -hmm. um, and kind of like painting little landscapes. So I used to do that. Um, I would like, you know, that's a good reminder. I'd like to do that more often. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's nice again. That's, it's nice to do. I love it. Um, okay. So what's kind of capturing your, your curiosity lately, musically, topically? Um, what's something... I don't know, you know, kind of writing process too that will be kind of, all right, what's something that you're a little bit focused in on now um, topically or that's mulling around the head? Um, <laughs> I guess I've been reading a decent oh, amount. Nice. Um, yeah. And I have a tendency to, to like pull little lines from poems and songs and, and use them as like, the beginning of a free write. So I guess I've been pulling a lot from literature and um, I also, you know, I've been inspired by my cat <laughs> yeah. and I've been inspired by my plants and spring coming. And yeah. um, I'm really, I'm really attached to the changing of the seasons. Um, like it really helps me feel grounded in, in time and space to know what season it is, to know what phase of the moon we're in, to know, yeah. you know, like what the trees are doing, you know, little right. things like that. Um, so I guess thinking a lot about the seasons and plants and literature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any particular book that you're devouring right now that you that you like? I just read Letters to a Young Poet, oh, yeah. which was oh, gifted yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and classic. what else am I reading right now? Which was great. Yeah, yeah. classic book. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, it's just been a lot of course readings. I've yeah. been reading a lot about... Um, building resilience to trauma, which is not like, it's, it's kind of a sad topic, but yeah. it's also empowering in its own way. Um, yeah. I'm in a grief therapy class. I'm uh, learning about restorative justice. So I've been yeah. doing some readings about that and transformative justice as well. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's... Well, Just pulling from that, you had um, done a zine uh, on uh, Tyrant's Fair. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us a bit about that and how that evolved and how it came out of it says april 2020 mm -hmm. as part of columbia university 
Oh, so that seems like uh, Alexine's social work practice. So yeah. Tell us about that. yeah. That was a final project to my class, um, advocacy and social work practice. Um, and it was right. You know, this was, it was just such a crazy time because April yeah. 2020, we can all remember where we yeah. were at at that time. And um, I was doing my first year at Columbia and everything was suddenly remote. And I was thinking I'm, I'm very, I love, this is an unpopular opinion, but I love the subways. I love mm. riding the train. I love like being underground. I love being above ground, mm. you know, like going over the Brooklyn Bridge. And But the subway is such like a site of violence in mm. a lot of ways, you know, like what we've had um, lately uh, with somebody being pushed in front of the train, yeah. you know, an Asian American, you know, lots of anti-Asian violence in the subways um, and a lot of, you know, and the response being to put more cops down there is, you know, one that's not necessarily productive and also leads to a lot more violence. So I was thinking a lot, I guess, back in April, you know, like, let's go back there. Mm. Um, I was thinking a lot about how uh, the mayor was throwing more cops in the mm. subways as a re as a reaction to, to folks, you know, avoiding the fare, which is, too, you know, 275, you have people hopping the turnstiles and getting guns pointed at them because mm. they didn't pay 275 you know and notoriously it was black and brown folks who were the subject of this yeah. violence um so i was thinking a lot about that in creating this scene um yeah that was called tyrant's fair and tyrant's fair is um lifted from well the tyrant the idea of the tyrant is lifted from this uh book of poetry this experimental book of poetry i read an undergrad called The Descent of a Let by Alice Notley, which is super fun and super weird. And it's all takes place in the subway. And it's just this one person who's like traversing through this like weird fever dream subway system trying to defeat this um, un unnamed tyrant who's supposedly in control of the whole situation. The person who's forcing everybody to stay in the subways and like not be able to see light and things like that. Um, so I like yeah reference the tyrant a lot throughout the zine um the zine has a few poems that i wrote some of them are like not complete but that was kind of the point and um yeah it's a combination of those things that was that Subway zine. Poems, i love it i i i feel like yeah an answer to to some subway violent more artists down there even you have yeah. increased uh increased police presence but to have more music and to have more I don't know, having more collective of artists down there, mm -hmm. uh, less of an impulse possibly towards towards violence, you yeah. know, with the beauty of music, with the beauty of yeah. art. And I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, have you played down uh, in, in a subway area ever too or? That's, you know, I never have. And people have all, you know, some people have been like, you should go busking. Yeah, you should yeah. like go and play the guitar somewhere down there and i've i've never done it i don't know why i'm like too scared to do it <laughs> now it is but you know with a with a crew you know and yeah. stuff like yeah. that and yeah i mean i've done some poetry down there yeah, every now but it's great i mean just you know you have some people that are active listeners and some people that don't just know you exist and, and <laughs> yeah. you know their headphones on anyway but yeah. um mm -hmm. you know i uh yeah i i enjoy it yeah, um yeah. i think you got to get like a permit to, yeah, to get, some kind of and to determine what spot what that spot, you end up, yeah. you know, certain ones that are better for, I guess, tipping or yeah. or crowd crowd wise. But there used to be, I don't know if you remember there there the Union Square shop. There used to be a guy, um, a poet that was he basically had a placard that just said a New York Times published poet, and 
he was um, there every single day and just kind of writing, 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 writing. And then he would write you a poem if you wanted. And mm. just, you know, I mean, must be, must have been there for every, all that I was in New York. How pleasant. Um, and then I ended up doing a play. It was called Buried. Um, and they had written it about that guy. Oh. Uh, I got to play him in like a theater, theater uh, production. I can't remember his name now, but we can mm. look, you can look him up. Um, but yeah, more more poets in the subways. I, I feel we, we got to have for sure. Mm. Yeah, also in the subways though, they're putting this. They're experimenting with putting the, the barriers. barriers yeah. So I think three stations are becoming mm-hmm. prototypes for it, just to try it out. Yeah, because I know in London they have. Um, the the kind of the barriers up so that therefore it'll I don't know if it'll be better or worse but um you know if it's if it's if it's is it going to improve things or whether or not mm-hmm. we'll yeah, see we'll see yeah yeah three barriers is going to cost over a hundred billion dollars oh my that. god I was like whoa wow, wow. <laughs> got to be some fancy materials you know yeah <laughs> it's crazy adamantium what are they yeah or, or diamond encrusted yeah barriers. Vibranium, or what is that? Yeah, vibranium. Is vibranium that is, is uh, that the one. Is what that, we deserve. Is that the one that <laughs> uh, Captain America has or something? It's the Captain America shield, right? And adamantium is adamantium's uh, Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are you into the Marvel universe or or not? Uh, um, you know, where do I, your cinematic tastes take you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Marvel universe is very significant in my family, actually. So oh, I grew yeah. up going to like all the Marvel movies and stuff like that because mm-hmm. my dad like collected comic books when he was a when he was yeah. a youth um so it was like really important but i kind of dropped off the marvel universe unfortunately because i just like couldn't keep up there are yeah, so many so movies <laughs> tv shows and too. tv shows mm-hmm. you know yeah, like you got yeah. eight hours cross, cross uh platform yeah yeah wild yeah. um i guess my favorite movie is spirited away that's the one thing i can oh, say that's, that's nice. one of my faves too yeah i, like I love it animation i do all the they do a, a Miyazaki, Miyazaki yeah. f- uh, festival every now and again in New York, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. they show the, the. I think they do it once a year, where yeah. they just show a different one every night for like over three weeks. I just yeah, went. The, oh, sorry, I don't yeah. want to cut you off. I, sorry, sorry. I was going to say the, the one of them only yesterday. Have you seen? No. Oh, that's that's like Studio very Ghibli, di- another, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Very deeply moving uh, piece about um, you know, it's a very simple piece about a young woman who's reminiscing in her life but it has a deep impact this message had mm-hmm. a deep impact on me yeah 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 that's wonderful Go ahead. yeah i just saw nausicaa valley of the wind mm-hmm. like, like a month ago not a month ago like a week ago they were playing it at ifc um, oh, I yeah. see. tell me about spirited away what what how that speaks to you too because yeah i remember that having quite an impact on me as well yeah, yeah. what was your connection to spirited away that's an excellent question. Okay, this is very first draft, you know. So yeah, like, no, <laughs> just let it, fl- let just, it flow. just let it yeah. fly in images or words or yeah, not even full thoughts. If, if, I don't know why I related so much to this. Just like you know, like her, it's like immediate that she's thrown into this universe and she's completely alone and like doesn't know anybody. You know, she's like the only person. She's not a spirit. You know, like her parents have turned into hogs and like she's just like trying her best to navigate through this world of spirits. And I don't know why I feel like that so much, you know? Um, But yeah, I just, I really enjoyed watching her journey um, and just like, yeah. That's that's the best that I can say. No, I just love her journey. Fantastic. Um, I, I, the connection I had was, I watched it. I, I was uh, 
a friend that was in a very long-term relationship and like he thought they were going to get married and they had just broken up and during his grieving process we watched that together and we have just for some reason just that attachment yeah. to that to that movie mm-hmm. um you you know kind of i'm going to tie this somehow into social work that <laughs> now do you find yourself uh, you know relationship counseling with friends of yours do you tend to oh. do, do they tend to go to you for that or or what was maybe kind of an impulse that you got into that uh that that realm you know like relationships you're interested in mm-hmm. But was it um, you being kind of able to help other people within their relationships or, you know, kind of figuring things out for yourself? That's a great question. I think ultimately I've always had like, I think just as prevalent as my music instinct is my caregiver instinct. I kind of have like this and like social work is different. It's like a certain you're providing services, you know, you're helping like promote the dignity and and agency of another person you're not there to like necessarily like save or he help it's like it's like exactly um it's more of to like guide and i think that i was drawn to it as an outlet because i was getting a little too involved in like being not only the doing like a lot of emotional labor but also just like doing a lot of guidance for people who i was close to in my life and it was just like it was just it was unnecessary you know (laughs) i was meddling you know i was a little too nosy so it became like a more a more constructive outlet for that for that instinct right right um and then compare the art of playing music to the art of social work um playing for for an audience um do you feel there's well you said not healing but is there a healing capacity for somebody hearing something maybe that you play i think there is some healing there i definitely think social workers can be healers i just want like there's a distinction between like healing and helping i guess Mm. um but yeah i mean i feel very i feel very good after i sing and perform i feel like kind of because it's like the the way in which it's like when i feel like i'm communicating the best you know when i'm actually saying how i feel and like getting the point across you know it's it's through song more than talking or even through writing um so there's that it's like a form of communication and in undergrad i worked for a hotline like a late night hotline that people could like call if they were feeling some kind of way it was peer-led um and I always, the reason that I went into social work was because that feeling that I that I got like right before I was about to perform on stage was a feeling that I got when somebody, when I heard the phone ring, when I like somebody called, I was like excited. I was like nervous and excited to like talk to somebody about how they were feeling. So um, yeah, I guess I think there is a connection there. Yeah. Right. As you were saying, I'm also pursuing a master's in, uh, my master's is going to be in clinical mental health counseling. Yeah. So similar Wonderful. overlapping. And one of the themes of Neuropa University is transpersonal. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like having, like incorporating, giving space to and kind of bringing, bringing forth the spiritual side or the, mm-hmm. the uh, kind of beyond just what you're going through, but what, 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 um, what you experience is the human condition. Mm-hmm. So we're still trying to, I think the field of transpersonal psychology is still kind of struggling to define itself and, and kind of in a way that, that is more accessible to mm-hmm. the general public. But um, but my my understanding is like basically just incorporating the spiritual self into it. So mm-hmm. thinking about that as well, how do you bring your spiritual self into, or what kind of what kind of grounding or what kind of understanding do you have in regards to your spiritual self 
as a healer or as a as a guide these are all so cool these questions it's just yeah. like so interesting to be meta for a second it's just so interesting being interviewed and having people yeah. ask me these questions because this is what i do with other people uh, yeah. like all day yeah. <laughs> and i'm like not used to receiving these questions but yeah. you said what's my spiritual relationship yeah to, like how do you relate that with yourself and and how would you bring that into into, into my work, work, into your or, work? Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i'm a very spiritual person i have like my own little practices um and part of my spirituality is kind of this desire to to work with the earth and to continue this process of healing and nurturing not only the earth but others you know like kind of to tend to to tend to a garden is mm. very similar to what i enjoy doing in social work which is just to make that sh- you know like to ensure that others have the tools that they need in order to live their best lives. Um, and, you know, not just in um, a psychological way, but also in the material way, you know, like connecting people to resources that they might need, um, like housing, food, like food, snaps, stuff like that. Like, mm. I think that completely like touching upon a person's entire life including their material conditions their medical conditions the state of their mind um and you know that 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 connects to spirit i think ultimately like this idea of of, of healing the mind body and spirit thank you spirited away spirited yeah. away that's spirited right away. <laughs> so why don't we take a little time now to listen to some music if you want to um think a little bit about we're up at the halfway point so it'd be good to listen to a song yeah, we'd love oh to hear yeah, song. yeah. Uh, yeah i'll totally yeah. play a song okay one yeah. sec yeah right, cool we'll get you get you uh situated get yourself situated as you uh as do i need a second little mic should no we, it should be fine it'll be, be fine, fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, nice like yeah lead us in with yeah. with uh what um what you'd like to play maybe we'll do one live and then maybe we'll do one yeah well, at the re- end we'll record it we'll do a procedure produced at the end i think because okay. it'll give a chance for the transition into the next show so yeah. All right, I'll play "Lose You" because it came out on Friday. I um, hear you, yeah. So why not? You know, yeah. it's it's pretty sad though. So like, you know, that's my warning. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote your name on the wall In highlighter I wonder if it rained yet And washed you away Shades of pink and blue Dripping down the wall mm-hmm. Finding rest in the cracks of the pavement In the creases and all pillowcases Ooh, don't ask me 
fluorescent lights and plastic tubes. You're in a hospital room. I never got to see you 'cause I sat alone by the reservoir, hoping you'd stay. Thank you, thank you. Oh, wow. That Beautiful. was great. Thank you. Uh, deeply moving, I felt. Deeply moved. I was emotional. Yeah. yeah. Very nice, yeah. It always takes something out of me yeah. singing that song. Yeah. Yeah. It takes something out, but also the, I felt the apparitions at the moment, yeah. too, oh, passing did? through. and just, <laughs> I'm so I got glad. Some, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just, the, I mean, I, I just like the, the first, the parallels of the first two verses of the the highlighters and then the fluorescent tubes got me as well where you have like yeah um yeah well i mean the pink and blue and then the fluorescent fluorescent tubes but it makes me think yeah i mean loss the idea of loss um loss and being lost too you know like how those those differ a little bit um you mentioned you know grief and your studies of that a little bit i don't know if you could talk a bit about whether it's your either a personal connection to it or just a kind of um, what what interests you about that that space? Yeah, um, I could totally talk about that. I've been thinking a lot about loss lately. Um, that song is actually it's it's about um, the loss of 
of somebody else, uh, one of my partners back in the day, um, their their father passed away while we were together. And it was it really impacted, I mean, obviously their life, but also mine um, and in my own way. And, you know, writing that song was kind of my way of processing that loss because mm. we, we, we were in each other's lives and it was very sad. Um, but, you know, I never, I wasn't able to go to the funeral. I wasn't there in the hospital. Like I never really got to actually process that loss because mm. I never, I just never saw, you know, what was happening. So um, I guess part of why I'm in grief therapy class is because of this, you know, loss kind of exists for me as this kind of, nebulous thing that I don't fully understand because I've never actually, you know, like my parents are very young. My grandparents are very young. Um, I lost a great grandmother a little while ago, um, but you know, she was in France and I didn't get to, again, I didn't get to go to the funeral. So I've actually never been to a funeral and I've, you know, I don't, I, I feel very ill-equipped to address grief and loss, which is why I'm taking this class. And yeah, I guess that's, something like that's my that's my my relationship to loss i've I've had my own losses you know like a heartbreak um definitely had my heart broken my god um but yeah i guess but maybe not the finality of someone yeah exactly. that, that they don't exist in this they world in this anymore world, exactly. but, but they do um yeah it's it's interesting here that you have an interest in it and it's almost like i was thinking about the idea of pre-grief too where mm-hmm. where like you're you're you prepare yourself for grief uh, by learning about grief, but it can't, can't really compare yeah. to um, yeah what you will feel in in that moment. But the most you can do is, I guess, integrate that person's life into yours mm-hmm. uh, as as you can. I lost my mom when I was young, and I, I um, uh, think all about that. And I, I think there's the stages of grief, and then the final stage is the idea of taking the stage itself and, and mm-hmm. talking of that person or or talking as you with them in you and being a part of you. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing that about about your partner um, and that process of being kind of on the outsider to that and how, you know, even when somebody is grieving you, how, how can you grieve with them and how can you mm-hmm. be the best support for them? Mm. So I just want to remind listeners, the Truth to Power Show and Ready for Brooklyn. You're with co Scott Raven and special guest Amber Lewis. Um, also with this, this conversation is also uh, reminding me about is um, one of the pre-interview questions we give is about valuable failures. Mm-hmm. So like how, you know, how the switching, like how we perceive success and failure and thinking about that and thinking about how we can flip a failure or something that's ne- perceived as negative into something valuable. And, and tell us a little bit about like something that along your, along your life, perhaps something that you perceived as a failure, but that actually gave you something or perceived as something negative that actually gave you something that, you learned something from or anything or anything that that was like you looked at the time maybe as a failure but they maybe later on you were like oh actually i learned something from that um yeah let's see i guess hmm, this might be like weird but i did karate for a long time um and at one point (laughs) yeah i guess i I could talk about this this is might sound random but yeah i did like um you you had to test to advance um and i test tried to test pretty often you know and like at one point i i actually failed the test um and i was really discouraged by that because i cared a lot um you know it was like a practice that i 
went to like multiple times a week you know like i would punch bags until my knuckles were bloody you know like i cared a lot about Mm -hmm. karate so like um to fail was really discouraging but it also just taught me i was just like you know i just haven't been putting in enough effort you know Mm -hmm. um and that's totally valid that's totally fair you know like other things have been um have been coming more have been like more significant like that's when i was starting to do music a lot and like i was just kind of distracted i guess and um i guess i learned that it's okay to fail (laughs) Um, which is not something that i um it's something i have trouble with even now um but i did learn that did you stick with karate at all or or does that at how does that at all play a part in your life today Oh, um, I did karate for seven years. I got my black belt and then I went to college and I stopped. Um, But I went back. I'm actually doing martial arts now, which is so fun. I started back in um, June. I'm doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and capoeira. Awesome. Like I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm good, but I'm having a really good time and I'm learning and I recently got a stripe. Um, So like I'm moving in my, moving on in my own way. But I really love martial arts. It's like I've never been like much of a team sport person, but Mm. I really liked being able to, you know, like you learn how to be more comfortable in your body. You learn how to be a little bit more confident and like how to carry yourself, how how your body takes up space in a room. And, you know, like not for nothing, but I feel like if somebody if somebody didn't have a weapon (laughs) and like came at me and I had no other option, Mm. I I I would, you know, I I. I would fend myself <laughs> off, you know. <laughs> the other person might might not be so good off, you know. <laughs> might have some trouble. That's just how I feel about it. Maybe with my with my docs, I could do some oh, damage wow. yeah. with these docs. <laughs> <laughs> right, kickboxer. Nice, nice. Yeah. That is that's great. Oh wow! So all right, so yeah, so you had that failed test, you know. I think I stopped at yellow belt in uh, yeah. in, in my karate days. Um, which I just looked to just, I wanted, yeah, to, to toughen myself up, but I, I have a, I don't know if an aversion towards, I'd like to throw punchlines rather than punches in any, right. in any case. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's great that you all, all the way up to the black belt and are you a Cobra Kai fan or, uh, the show? Have you watched it? No, oh. I haven't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes hey, I watch some UFC, but like some no, UFC. Yeah. That's about it. The, um, yeah, back in the day, the Karate Kid was like very famous, and yeah. that kind of got a lot of kids into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. But um, wait, did you? So did you sign yourself up for, uh, or your family did, or what was the? What was the process? Yeah, yeah. That, so it's hilarious because, like, apparently, my parents did Taekwondo um, when I was a child, um, and when I was like four or five, they were like, "Amber, you want to do?" Taekwondo, and I was like, no, because the gi isn't pink, which is like, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Apparently, I loved pink at the time. Yeah. It was just so silly, so I didn't do it. Um, and then when I was in seventh grade, I, it's like when my mood started being strange, so I went back and forth between being like so hyper i was just like running around the house like screaming in people's face for like no reason and then like i would just be like you know sad lying around um but my parents were like yo we gotta you gotta get an outlet for this energy of yours <laughs> why don't you go in karate um so that's why i started and i loved it yeah yeah so i noticed uh one of your paintings has the tarot influence so yeah do you have a uh, interest in tarot and, and what is your kind of connection yeah. Yeah, I love tarot. Um, not only as a divination tool, but also as a reflect self reflection tool. I've been doing tarot since 
I was like 16. So that's mm-hmm. when I got my first deck. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I do a reading like at least once a week. And I like to read cards for other people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like an expert, but I'm yeah. okay. You know, like I can, if I know, especially if I know a person well, then I can really read their cards and mm-hmm. like be like, well, this is what this is. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it's a good way to get to know people as well to do a reading. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a believer that there's like a right way to do it. Like, I don't really think there's any technical like things. I think you just, as long as you can kind of use your intuition in regards to the images mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. kind of feel it through, I think it's very much a feeling based mm-hmm. into it. If you're in touch with that, there's no real technical merit to like, <laughs> you know, like the correct way to interpret these yeah. cards. You know, I don't know. I don't believe that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, ultimately, each card has its like meaning, but yeah. it like, like it can appear and have a different you can like see one card and it can have a different meaning the exactly. next day you yeah, know yeah. even if it has its inherent like oh you know like the sun has to do with you know positive energy and all this stuff you know like mm. it can be different yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah so even though like the symbols have like these um you know collective unconscious connections you know right. it's like with them but at the same time in the context you know, it's like it comes up differently and can show up differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, symbolically, symbols is interesting. Like when you think about, you know, when we talk about, I feel like as artists and we talk about like things that we relate with personally, then suddenly and then and someone else, the viewer will come in and listen. And it's like then our lives become like symbol, full of rich of symbols rather than like just about us. It becomes like symbolic mm-hmm. for the human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> And tell us a little bit about your influences, your music influences, and how you relate with, um, like, just tell us generally about your music influences and how, how you relate with, how you've been able to take in or consume music specifically, you mm-hmm. know? I think, so, back to the Justin Veach fun thing, that's mm-hmm. when I met my voice coach, uh, Sloan Wainwright, who I worked with for a long time, like, from when I was 12 to high school, and even to this day, like, over the winter, over like back in the winter, I like joined her for the her concert. She does like a concert every winter. I I've done that like since I was twelve. Um, so anyway, um, Sloan adored Joni Mitchell. Like mm. that was her that was her person. She was always like, if you want to study songwriting and lyric and like how to make like a melodic line that isn't just you know sim- like boring (laughs) how to create one that actually moves and 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 dips and dives then you study Joni Mitchell so like that was my big I think that's was my biggest musical influence which is interesting you know like yeah you know like I I, it'd be I love Nina Simone you know like I I think about wanting to aspire to to be more like um and to to draw inspiration from more black women um and but you know that being said, Joni Mitchell was such a foundational person in my in my craft. Um, like I can't can't ignore that mm. mm-hmm. for okay. sure. Um, so yeah, I'll do some station stuff. So I just want to remind listeners: it's Radio for Brooklyn. This is Sport Radio. Um, you're listening to the Truth to Power Show. Now, Radio for Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community, promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. Um, we rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every result helps us to stay on air and allows us to continue the work in our community. We are a 501 season nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. 
Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at readersbook.org slash donate. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to donate in a way that will cost you nothing, uh, as you do your shopping, just go to readersbook.org slash Amazon and register readersbook.org as your Amazon Small Charity. So whenever you do shopping, of course, you need to purchase benefits ready for Brooklyn. Um, if you're listening to this in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone or Android, available at the App Store for those respective um, phones. And then uh, you just want to keep in touch with um, what's going on as far as programming goes. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter at readersbook.org slash newsletter. And you can find out like different events and um, you know, music, sometimes do music shows, live music shows. That's been kind of up, up and down, but uh, you can find out a little bit more about that. Um, and then we can go over some things that are going on, um, you know, as far as uh, upcoming shows or upcoming uh, performances. Yeah. Have you returned yeah. to the to the live yeah. realm uh, as much oh, lately? Me? Yes. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really should. Um, it's because I'm like super COVID cautious, just because yeah. uh, it's, I I took a year between um, my first year at you know I think this is relevant at Columbia for social work and my second to be a contact tracer. So I was doing like home visits to folks who had COVID, like Uh, knocking on their doors and stuff. And I was like, so like nervous because I was like constantly exposed to people who had COVID. So, um, but like, anyway, back in January, December, when I was being asked if I wanted to do like a release show, I was kind of like, no, cause like it's not, you know, it's not right out there. Um, but things have kind of calmed down a little bit. It's not like it was back in December and January when Omicron really hit us like a bomb. So it's like a little different. So I might do a show, but there's nothing on, on the docket right now. Nothing on the books just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get, to this it's back to city winery and some we'll see which venues made it out and that that are still uh that are still open Mm -hmm. um no but this is this has been so great you're you're a true renaissance woman with some uh, martial arts arts and crafts art uh musical arts uh is there another art realm that also interests you too i'd like to know if like um theater arts do you have any experience in or uh or or yeah. Pottery. I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> pottery. <laughs> I can't quite do yeah. pottery, but um. But yeah, perfor- speaking in of performance, I guess. In yeah. performance, okay. Um, yeah, I did musical theater. Right. Like yeah. until I graduated high school. Uh, you know, like I feel like a lot of people who like to sing wind up doing that. Um, I was Joanne and Rent when I was a junior in high school, which was a lot of fun. And I was Rizzo my senior year ah, from Greece, Greece, which is a fun role i was in greece three times which is a little bit too much <laughs> if you ask me once in elementary school once in middle school and once in high school uh, um yeah but i did musical theater when i was younger i like to make things out of clay when i was younger i did a lot of sewing when i was younger um i still sew every now and then oh nice i think you gotta you gotta write greece greece three about your experiences <laughs> yeah. in greece and that yeah. would be a that's a good final to it yeah. um so we know you got amber is the best way to i think yeah get at you and, that's me yeah. you can go to my instagram which is basically the same it's amber.k.lewis and i'm on like spotify itunes where yeah. you listen to music oh, i love it so i mean we can leave it up to you we could play a track or you could do another one in live up to you since we do have a time for time, for a th- yeah for a three-minute live, or, yeah. yeah, if which would you prefer to us to I, hear? I wouldn't mind doing another song. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah. hear it live. One, I would, I would yeah. love to hear. Sure, sure. That'd okay. be great. 
fun, you know. Like I feel yeah. like I practice. Yeah, kind of. I've practiced. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a mistake, you know, yeah. that's the that's the joy of love. Ah, you yeah. know, it's imperfect. Um, but. crept through the window We yawned and rolled to our sides Scraped ice from the windshield And went for a northbound Buying one less present this year I feel a relief I find sadness and comfort Not missing the warmth of our sheets I'd thought that'd be a lie And I'm growing further Watching snow mount on morning Tracing angels 
into snow mountains on morning side. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect change of season song as we're uh, moving into the spring. Title of that track again? Morningside. Morningside. So that'll be on the album. Ah, awesome. Good. All right. Thank you, guys. So this has been the Truth to Power Show Radio for Brooklyn. We are every Sunday at 11 a.m. Um, you know, uh, or we can find our archives at RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Truth to Power and, uh, listen to, and binge listen to some of our older episodes as well. Um, so try to stay tuned for the next uh, show coming up. So thanks so much, guys. Thank you.